yeah. He, so as I've got it, I'm holding the bottle up to my nose, he decides to thrust the entire bottle of poppers went straight no. up my nose. Because no. I'm, like, I'm on my back. I'm obviously like leaning forward a little so that my, my nose can, my nostrils are like, you know, above the bottle. But yeah, he thrust the entire bottle, poured down, up, up, down my nose. Um, <laughs> direction that would have been. Um, yeah, like it, like the bottle empties inside of my body. Oh my God. You know? And so obviously, so right after it happens, I like shoot up, right? Like I'm now, I probably like kicked him off or pushed him off of me. I, I like jump up. I'm sitting upright and he's just like, are you all right? And I'm like, I probably couldn't even like, like probably couldn't even vocalize words. I was probably just so like a mix of being in shock and like, what the hell just happened? Am I going to die? Am I about right. to die? <laughs> right? Like I just poured, uh, you know, a, a jar of chemicals, you know, into my, into my open body. What the slide in that pussy is a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we spill the tea on sex and dating. I'm Demi Wild, your resident sexual deviant, and today my extra special guest deviant is executive editor of Hornet and Queer Spaces, the chat-based app for the LGBTQ plus community, Stephen Horbelt. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so for those of you just don't know, Stephen Horbell and I met on this app called Spaces. I've been running ads for them on this show, and I promise this isn't going to be like an hour long ad for Spaces. But I, I think just talking to you was like a really like interesting moment because I had signed up for Spaces. Maybe you could tell the story a little bit better, maybe from your your perspective. How do how do we meet? <laughs> so we met because so yeah, I work on the team that's creating this app spaces, right? And it's all about creating small little groups where people can group chat about whatever the group is spaces for, right? And so one of the spaces that I created myself was a space called Hookup Horror Stories because I was like, what is something that kind of makes sense for the group chat format that's kind of interesting and fun and is going to get people interested in and the answer to that is always sex right so i was right. like that would probably do really well just a space where people can share queer people can share their stories about you know dating and hook up horror stories so i created that space and maybe like a couple maybe it was a couple months after i had created that space and people you know had filtered in and all that um you showed up and were like hey i have a podcast named the same thing and I was like, oh, that's perfect. Um, you know, welcome to the group, share some stories. Um, do you want to co-host this space with me? And I think now you're you co-host that space with me, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, thank you for that, by the way. It was it was definitely 
<laughs> I, I had originally, I think I heard about Spaces on Fruit Bowl, the other podcast. Um, yep. It's a really popular podcast. Um, and I had heard about it through an ad on there. And I'm like, let me check this out. And I, I looked it up and I was going to create my own room for hookup horror stories. But lo and behold, it already existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I hadn't heard... I- I hadn't previously heard your podcast. So it was really just pure coincidence and like kismet, kismet, I guess that like (laughs) you found it and yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, Well, happy to have you here. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, So I'm based here in LA uh, in Hollywood and I've lived here for probably, well, no, I guess I can figure out, do the math and actually figure out how long I got. I moved here in 04. So just, I'm almost at the 20 year mark. Um, I moved out here for law school, for entertainment law. Um, did the whole law school thing, took the bar exam, passed the bar exam, was a practicing attorney for not very long at all before I decided it was a mixture of, I hate this and also, um, the economy had just tanked. And so I was competing for these really competitive entertainment law jobs with all these people who had like a decade of experience and they had gotten laid off from somewhere. Right. So I'm competing with these people with a lot more experience than me. I was like, this isn't going to work. So I decided to change industries and I was the editor of frontiers magazine. It's LA. It was LA's gay magazine for like seven years. So I did that for a long time. Loved it. Had so much fun. Um, and after that, I'm when I got a job at Hornet, I moved to Hornet. Um, and it, that was in like late 2016. So I've been with Hornet for quite a bit. And then, you know, a couple years ago was when we kind of put the team together at Hornet to start building this new platform called Spaces. And now I'm kind of I've shifted over to the Spaces stuff. I'm not really doing much uh, with Hornet these days. Um, but um, yeah, that's kind of my story. That's super interesting because like, I think I remember because I grew up in Southern California. Um, I think I remember Frontiers. Did you guys have issues out in like Riverside area? Oh, yeah. I mean, Frontiers was like 30, 35 years. One of the first like local queer magazines um, had been around for like more than 35 years, was right. distributed throughout San Diego and L.A. and Orange County and Palm Springs and definitely Riverside. And then you could even find it in like New York and stuff like it was a, a really well-known um, publication, lots of history, really important publication. Um So, yeah, I'm sure you you would have seen it in any of the bars out in Riverside. I think that's uh, any exactly of the bars here. In, bars here yeah, <laughs> for sure. I remember I remember because I used to there was an 18 over bar back then um, in Riverside. It's I think it's still there, actually, um, called VIP. Yeah. And I remember I have a recovered memory of like going there and seeing like the stacks of the magazines and stuff like in the corner by the bathrooms. And I, yeah, I vividly awesome. remember one of them being Frontiers. Yeah, yeah, it must have been for sure. That's so interesting. So what did you do there exactly? I was the editor in chief of the magazine. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Um, and we were, you know, we were, you know, it's a, it's a free local gay magazine. So, I mean, we were a pretty small team. Um, I mean, there were, you know, by near the end of my time at the magazine, I was like designing big chunks of, you know, doing the layouts and design of big chunks of the magazine myself. Um, so a little bit of everything. 
but yeah, um, yeah, I was the editor of the magazine and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. I got to interview with a lot of my favorite artists and actors and musicians and all that stuff. Um, you know, lots of, lots of perks. Lots of perks. Yeah, definitely. Um, I studied communications and journalism back then. So I, I definitely have a lot of like <laughs> thoughts on magazines and especially indie queer magazines and yeah. just how important it is for us to have media to like actually just be seen, even if it's just like in a bar, you know, it's I think stuff like that's yeah. really important. Yeah, I'm a big zine, queer zine collector and fan myself. Um, and I'm also a really big fan of just like traditional media and magazines in general. I love magazines. I'm not, I have zero interest in reading a magazine on a tablet, you know, like I want to hold a magazine. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like, um, reading books on like tablets or Kindles or stuff like that either. Like I want to hold it. I want to be able to like earmark a page of a book that I'm reading, um, and like hold a magazine and like rip something out if I want to, you know, like that. That is, um, I kind of miss that. I know that magazines are kind of going the way of the dodo bird. So it's unfortunate. I, I think so too. But I, I think there's still something to be said about like how, like holding, I love the way a magazine smells. <laughs> if sure, sure. If you know what I mean, like it, it smells like, like the pages itself is just like a very like unique smell. And I, I remember like I used to make a lot of like, like collages and stuff and when i was like a teenager i mean i still oh, yeah, I, mean, I mean digital collage now but like i i love making like ripping out magazine pictures and like of like cutting out lady gaga and like putting her on like this like crazy thing i i love yeah, stuff like yeah. that there's just something to be said about holding a, a piece of mat like a zine in your hand Totally. Yeah, totally agree. I was I was that person too. I'm probably a little older than you. So for me, it wasn't Gaga. It was Stevie Nicks, Courtney Love. Oh, yes. Marilyn Manson before we hated him. Um, yeah, <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, so I'm maybe a little older. But yeah, same, same. We hate Marilyn Manson? Well, there's been the, you know, creepy allegations and... Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe not such a great person. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that much about. I mean, he's friends with Johnny Depp, so I mean, <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah. Um, yes, we'll get really, really, really bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to leave. I have to learn more about this. I haven't actually heard about it. Um, yeah. But uh, you were an entertainment attorney for 20 years. It says, or you've been working in LGBT media for 20 years. What were yeah. some of your like experiences as an attorney in the media industry? Um, it was mostly boring stuff that's honestly not even worth talking about. <laughs> I mean, a lot of entertainment law, you know, I mean, I think it's probably like any, you know, professional career, like it's never going to be as exciting as you want it to be right. Entertainment mm -hmm. law is a lot of 50 page contracts and negotiating agreements. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, um, I, I did at one point work for Warner Brothers in their TV legal department. I was doing a lot of clearance stuff. So like they would come to me with, here's the episode of our new, you know, um, procedural police show, right? Where it's like someone gets murdered. Here's the case that the cops are trying to crack. And it's like, um, 
you know, the family's, the victim's name is this, the family's name is this, they live in this city on this street. And I, so doing all the clearance work around that to make sure that there isn't a family or a victim with that name or a family with that name in this city on that street, you know, so like that kind of clearance work, um, which sounds kind of cool, I guess, but trust me, it's boring. Um, so yeah, I don't really have a ton of, I mean, I, I really, I didn't practice for very long before I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> but I do living in LA for, you know, 20 years. I have a lot of friends who obviously work in the industry who are on, who, who are on camera TV people or behind the scenes TV people. So the bulk of the entertainment law stuff that I did was really, you know, to help out my friends. Um, and I think only one of them, I think I only ever got paid for like, one time when I helped a friend with like entertainment law stuff, like, Hey, can you draft this agreement for me? Um, it was really just kind of like stuff I did on the side to help friends out. Oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to help out your friends. One of those friends went on to win drag race. I will say that, but I was the person that they came to and were like, Hey, will you read this um, contract that I'm supposed to sign and tell me what it says? And so I did. And they were like, so do you think I should do it? And I was like, yeah, do, go on the show, do it. And so they did, and they ended up winning, which was very cool. <laughs> Are we allowed to say? <laughs> I'll tell you off camera. I don't know if they okay. would. I mean, it's not like I said anything, you know. Nothing bad, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you off camera if you're interested. <laughs> I'm I'm very interested. I, I love drag. Yeah, um, me too. But, um, yeah, so I, I want to talk a little bit more about what Spaces is, and I, I promise this isn't like an advertisement, but um, sure. I think it's important to talk about Club Q and how important it is to actually have not just physical spaces, but online spaces. Like what wh what's having queer spaces? Why is it so important in your opinion? Well, I think it is more important than ever now. I mean, we're all witnessing before our very eyes what's happening with Twitter. It's becoming, yes. I mean, something came out just today. I think it was the New York Times that published it where they, they're they looking at, it's a bunch of, of organizations that do work around kind of uh, digital safety and hate speech and all that stuff, right? They came right. out with something today, I believe, that just kind of documents, like just since Elon Musk took over Twitter, use of racial slurs have increased by this much. Use of anti-gay slurs have increased by this much. Like we're seeing it happen before our very eyes. Um, the mainstream heteronormative social media platforms don't care about queer people. We're not a priority for them. Our our right. safety, our well-being, being able to be in these digital spaces and not have to deal with hate and harassment and discrimination. It's not on their list of priorities, you know? Um, and you mentioned that, you know, in addition to kind of, this is all in addition to kind of, live in-person safe spaces for queer people which obviously we need those too not everyone has access to those right like there right. are people there are people that are, that are living in you know rural america or there are people who are living in los angeles and new york city but who are not able to or are not ready to be out to their own kind of circle right, right. so as important as these real life queer spaces are for a lot of people digital queer spaces are all that they have and, um, you know, the, the term free speech gets thrown out a lot, especially by Elon Musk, even though what this private social media platform is doing isn't a free speech issue. Um, but um, what that really means is 
Um, I mean, how free is someone's speech able to be when they're going up against hate and harassment and discrimination on these platforms, right? Like you, uh, queer people, a lot of queer people don't feel like they can be their true, authentic, real selves on these platforms if they're going to get dogpiled, you know, by right. by kind of other users. So, so yeah, um, queer platforms that are created by queer people for queer people, I think it's very important. Um, maybe more important than ever right now, um, witnessing what's happening on all these other platforms. And it's not just Twitter, you know? I mean, we it's all know, we all know queer people who have been, who are, you know, our content is selectively moderated away, right? By these platforms. It's like, it's adult, it's treated as adult content because it's gay or it's queer. And it's like, there's nothing sexual or, you know, adult about kind of a lot of, you know, queer content by definition um i've been like, shadow banned on instagram both accounts yeah. have been shadow banned so it's like I, I literally can't get seen anymore yeah um we all know people queer content creators who have been who have just had their accounts deleted entirely from instagram right right um tiktok i mean it, it came out a couple years ago that tiktok was shadow banning a ton of content but including like anything with the hashtag BLM, they were um, shadow banning queer content. So TikTok was doing it. YouTube has a horrible track record of dealing with queer content. Right. Um, so it's not, I don't want to single out just Twitter. Obviously that's the one we're all talking about right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I think um, it is up to kind of queer people and queer um, companies and brands like the one that I work for to kind of, you know, create platforms where queer people can be safe and they can be, you know, their full kind of authentic selves. And so that's what we're trying to do with um with spaces. Yeah. I saw a tweet from Elon Musk earlier and I'm gonna share it right now because I just pulled it up. He said this today and it said, I meet so many people who read Twitter every day, but almost never tweet. If I may beg your indulgence, please add your voice to the public dialogue. And I don't think we need that. <laughs> I think if you're not adding value to the conversation, if you're not like intellectually adding anything to this conversation other than hatred and stupidity and ignorance, then you don't need to fucking say anything. Yeah, fully agree. Well, and the big problem, in my opinion, with Twitter is, and this is something that I think we do a really good job of kind of solving with spaces, actually, is... When I go on to Twitter, I think when anyone goes on to Twitter, it's because they want to see the content that's being shared by all these accounts that they follow, right? That that's the that's supposed to be the point of all of these platforms, right? It's like you decide I want to follow person A, B, and C, and when I log on to Twitter, I want to see the content posted by A, B, and C. But instead, I see what none happens, of that. I see nobody I know. Yeah. Instead, what happens is, at least for me, I log into Twitter. And I see some content posted by, you know, some of the people that I follow. But then there's a fucking tweet from Ted Cruz. <laughs> and there's a tweet from Jim Jordan. And there's something about Trump that it's like, I, I don't follow this person. Why am I seeing this? Like, it really... Um, and maybe it's because, you know, in my line of work, I'm, I spend so much time on social media. Like, I... It fucks with my mental health. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like, I can... I don't want to see Ted Cruz's name or face anywhere but especially i don't want to be like you know i don't want to be um 
tricked into seeing his content. Like, I never asked for that. Like, why am I being punished? Um, I don't follow Elon Musk on that account. And I saw that tweet. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because now Twitter suggests like topics, right? It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not forcing you to see all of Elon's tweets necessarily, but it's like, oh, we think you might be interested in this topic the tweet that we're going to show you just happens to be by this person that you can't stand and we're going to force it down your throat, you know? Right. And so one of the things that I think one of the big ways that a platform like space is not just ours, but you know, um, we're not the only one by any means. Um, But one of the things that we're kind of solving for is this idea that like, you should be able to log on to social media and see only the content and the conversations and the threads and the topics, the interests that you choose, that you say you want to see. You know what I mean? So it's like, so yeah, I can I can be in 50 different spaces on the Spaces app. And it can be a space for MCU fans or queer Star Wars fans. It can be a space for dog owners. It can be a space for hookup horror stories. And I can say... I can choose to go into the hookup horror story space and I know exactly what I'm going to get. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get a Ted Cruz tweet. I know that, right. It's going to be discussion around this space's topic. And um, I think what happens when people are actually able to genuinely do that is it is better for your, for, you know, your mental health, for lack of a better word, like, um, you know, it's actually providing for you what you think you're gonna get and what you want as opposed to kind of like ruining your day with a ted cruz tweet (laughs) (laughs) which so easily can happen (laughs) yeah i mean yeah now do you think long term this is just a a hypothesis of of mine because i i feel like a lot of the things that we've dealt with like just in general with the social media age is um, these kind of bubbles that we find ourselves in, you know, it's almost like built into the framework of our, of our networks is like this, this bubble. And I think that's what a lot of these suggested topics are trying to address, but how do you think that we can like, maybe this is a big question, but like, how do you think that like we could solve that? Or maybe spaces can like help alleviate some of that, like built in ignorance well, the topic, I mean, a lot of um, some of the pushback that I personally have seen against, you know, a platform like Spaces and really just any kind of LGBTQ plus platform in general is it's, you know, something along the lines of, well, you're in your bubble, right? You need to get out. You need to be able to kind of reach people and change right. minds and which I get that. But also, um I don't have to change minds. I don't have to want to change minds. I don't have to want to like do that work and that heavy lifting. Right. Mm -hmm. And even more so I should be able to choose when I want to do that. Right. I should be able Mm -hmm. to choose when I want to kind of, first of all, you have to think no one is only on one social media platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And every, everyone's on all these different platforms and they're used in different ways and they reach different audiences and they're for different things. Right. So no, so I would, so I politely disagree with the kind of pushback that I've heard from a few people about why we shouldn't kind of be restricting ourselves to, you know, a platform that's only queer people. First of all, we're not restricting, right? Like I'm still on all these other platforms too, but I deserve to have something 
it's almost like I almost look at it as like treating myself to like being able to save some of my mental bandwidth for a platform that is only queer people where I can have the conversations I want to have with other queer people where I don't have to worry about just all the toxic bullshit that you find on every other platform because there's homophobes, transphobes, misogynists, and just general toxic people, right? Like I deserve that. I deserve to be able to say right now, I want to go and talk about the MCU with the other queer people. Right. Or I can decide I want to go and troll some trolls, um, some Kanye fans on Twitter, <laughs> you know, like I should be able to decide that. Yeah, I, I also feel like there's something to be said about like, you know, not forcing other people to live by your by your rules or like whatever it is that you like, whatever your morals are, because sure. I, I feel like that's what conservatives do with us is like they they just are constantly talking about like we're destroying marriage or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we don't fucking believe in that because we never had that either. We never had that option Yeah, for so yeah. much, so much. About, but also people just need to like we don't have to change everybody's mind because not everyone's mind wants to be changed. All we need can do is like focus on ourselves. Well, yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up because that kind of evangelism that like, we're looking, you know, the idea of like looking to convert people, that's what we get accused of, especially now that they're screaming from the rooftops about queer people were groomers, right? We're trying to groom kids to, I guess, be queer people because that's possible, you know, like, <laughs> um, but it's just funny that that's what we're being accused of when it's like, no, that's what y'all do. That's what all of you fundamentalist Christian people like, that's literally your kind of your MO is like projection, hurting yeah. people. Right. It's like, that was never ours. We're, we're like, just leave us alone. Stop throwing rocks at us and stop killing us. How like, that's not too much to ask for, you know? <laughs> And yeah, I we guess. Don't wanna, we don't go to with you. Leave us alone. I mean, some people go to church. I get it. Some queer people go to church. Yeah, obviously not my thing. But and good for you. But um, but yeah, I I have never in my life successfully converted someone to being queer. Um, they give us maybe a little too much power. I think. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. This is a dating podcast. So are you single? I am very single. Yes. Have you been on the app? Happily so. Have you been on the apps? I mean, yeah, I mean, I work for one, right? So I have to <laughs> at least be on that one. Um, I don't, interestingly, I don't use, I'm on, I'm on a couple of them. Um, inter I mean, maybe not surprisingly, I don't use the one that I, work for um for like meeting people i'm really like on there for work um right. but um but yeah i'm on the apps i have been for you know god what feels like a long time i was on certain sites before there were apps so like sites like manhunt and adam for adam i remember i remember those. adam for adam <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i've always yeah i've never so much well I was going to say I've never really used them for dating so much, um, but I guess I have. I've been on plenty of bad dates from Manhunt and Adam for Adam and Scruff and all those. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm not a huge fan of, of hookup apps. I'm not a really a fan of dating apps at all, really. 
I've been on most of them, but I feel like a lot of the times I, I meet is I rarely meet people worth meeting, <laughs> but also I feel like it's just almost like a, it's just like an exchange. It just, it just feels toxic to me. Yeah. Or maybe like, um, sterile almost right like the idea of it just being like a very kind of like exchange versus like a genuine kind of authentic yeah i get that i think i think a lot of people probably agree with you and god knows people love to blame the demise of queer bars on on the apps too um you know um but i think you know for, that's with an our, argument <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, um, believe that, like, you know, since kind of the dawn of Grindr and apps and other kind of queer apps, that, like, people don't have to go to queer bars anymore, right, to, like, meet people. And uh -huh. so a lot fewer people go to gay bars now. And and that's why we've, we're seeing gay bars around the country, around the world, kind of close down one after another, which is really sad to me. Um, that I just is really sad, but I don't think that's necessarily the app's fault. I think... Well, I agree. I think um, Hornet, Hornet, I used to, so I used to run Hornet's um, editorial team. Um, and we had a really huge, like, international editorial team. I had editors in like, seven different languages. Um, we were cranking out a lot of, like, original content. And one of the most read articles that we published years back was about the demise of the gay bar and kind of all of these contributing factors. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and people being able to kind of hook up with other queer people without leaving their house i'm sure that did play a role you know in um yes. you know lessening attendance at at gay bars around the the country around the world but it's definitely not the only reason so right um well since you worked for hornet like do you do you find like how do, how do you think that and you use grinder so like what are some of like the key differences between hornet users and grinder grinder users you think um I've honestly never really been a grinder user. Um, I've had it on my phone before. I've never paid for it. Grinder seems very first of all, I was shocked to find out how expensive it is. Yeah, um, it's like $40 it's really a month. Yeah, like that's that's a utility. Like that's like <laughs> that's a light bill. That's not um, you know what I mean? That's not exactly. a social app anymore. Um, but yeah, so I've never I've I've had grinder. I've never been a big fan of it. Um, and, you know, I feel like it didn't take long before Scruff came around and Hornet. Hornet's been around since 2011. But Scruff did something different, which was very, which was kind of nicheify the market, right? Mm -hmm. Scruff was never intended as an app for all gay men or queer men looking to hook up. It was always intended as a platform for kind of a certain niche, a certain type of queer guy, right? right. Like Scruffy and Beard and maybe a bear or a cub, whatever, whatever. I mean, now it's probably not all that much different than Grindr, to be honest. Um, but um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with this line of thought. <laughs> um, I was just like looking for like key differences between like, you know, perhaps Hornet. Yeah, well, so Hornet is, yeah, Hornet's different because it's actually a lot more like, if you were to open Hornet, it's actually a lot more like a queer version of Facebook or Instagram than grinder is um you would basically it's feed based it's not there is a grid you can find a grid of guys just like you you know what you see on scruff or grinder um but on hornet it's actually feed based and you follow people and you oh. see their content 
Um, you know, people you're able, you're sharing photos, you're sharing video stories, you're, you can actually, there's live streaming on Hornet, there's articles on Hornet, there's YouTube videos on Hornet. So it's a completely different experience. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot more like a queer version of Facebook or Instagram than say a grinder clone. I think that's actually good because it, it gives you options rather than a, just a hookup app or like just yeah. a certain yeah. thing. Like you can find content education, information, all really good stuff. That's so interesting. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's all there. It's all there. So you can kind of, you can better kind of tailor what you want and, you right. know, what you want out of it. So. Right. That's so cool. Well, I will actually have to try that because I, I don't think I've actually ever used Hornet before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, We're going to take a little break and then we're going to come right back because I know you got a story for us. I do. All right, cool. This episode of Hookup Horror Stories is brought to you by the Moan app. Moan, M-O-N, is the first and only live social audio app for the sex-positive community. Drop into a room and hear live conversations about topics like LGBTQ plus issues, kink, and polyamory, with discussions led by sexologists, doctors, and cultural experts, and everyday enthusiasts. Or initiate your own conversations and discuss your favorite topics around sex in a judgment-free, tolerant, and anonymous forum. You can also join hashtag Hookup Horror Stories rooms and live tapings of this very show, where we will discuss various subjects, play games, and tell stories with other moaners. Download the Moan app, that's M-O-N, on the App Store and Google Play now. See you there. All right, welcome back. Um, Steven, I know you got a story for us. Dish. I do. So I was just saying, I think you've probably already read this story in our hook up horror story space, but I will um, try to paint a better picture. Um, so this would have been probably 12, 15 years ago. Um, and I was, it was like a regular fuck buddy of mine. Um, this was probably like the third time I was going to head over to his place. He probably lived not too far, too far away from me. Um, but so I headed over to his place. We had hooked over, we get, we had hooked up a couple times before, um, so we knew each other, you know, it, we were probably, you know, the first time is always maybe a little awkward, um, oh, yeah. or at least kind of hotter than the other times because you're, you know, strangers. Um, but yeah, so this was probably our third, our third time, um, meeting up and I don't necessarily remember a lot of what um it was such a traumatic incident for me <laughs> but i guess mentally i've kind of blocked out everything that happened beforehand um but what i do remember so we were at his place we were hooking up in his room um and you know kind of fast forwarding a little so i was i was laying down on his bed and he was he was you know fucking me while i was on my back and I remember that he was, I mean, I had, I, I was never a huge fan of poppers. Um, I didn't have anything against them. I, you know, you know, had no problem like using them occasionally. It wasn't like, but definitely, it definitely wasn't something that was like in my every time arsenal, if you know what I mean. For a long um, time, I've like, I've, I've really loved poppers, but then all of a sudden, just, I think the last couple of times I've, I've done it, just the head swimming nearly yeah. killed me so i was like i can't do this anymore <laughs> well it's interesting how 
your kind of reaction to something like poppers can really like change like overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so obviously this, um, this horror story has to do is going to have to do with poppers. Um, (laughs) so yeah, but I remember that he was a fan of them. Like he, he wanted to use them while we were hooking up, which, you know, I have zero problem with like, sure, go for it. Um, so yeah, so I'm laying on his bed and he's fucking me while I'm on my back. And I remember he was like, Oh, let's, you know, pause just a second. The poppers are probably on the the nightstand or something, right? Like, let me grab them. So we pause, grabs the poppers. He does them. He hands them to me. Like, do you do you want some? And I'm like, sure. So I take them from him. I'm like, you know, put them up to my nose. This guy, this motherfucker. He, I guess he, you know, wanted to. Uh, yeah, he. So. As I've got it, I'm holding the bottle up to my nose. He decides to thrust the entire bottle of poppers went straight up my nose because I'm I'm on my back. I'm obviously like leaning forward a little so that my my nose can, my nostrils are like, you know, above the bottle. But yeah, he thrust the entire bottle, poured down, up, up, down my nose, um, whichever direction (laughs) that would have been. Um, yeah, like, like the bottle empties inside of my body. Oh my God. And so obviously, so right after it happens, I like shoot up, right? Like I'm now, I probably like kicked him off or pushed him off of me. I, I like jump up. I'm sitting upright and he's just like, are you all right? And I'm like, I probably couldn't even like, like probably couldn't even vocalize words i was probably just so like a mix of being in shock and like what the hell just happened am i gonna die am i right (laughs) right like i just poured uh, you know a a jar of chemicals you know into my into my open body um interestingly i remember i remember being surprised that i wasn't like vomiting or like um about to like pass out pass out or something like I was very like lucid and kind of like and maybe this is just my like type a personality where I'm like take charge like okay this just happened now now what <laughs> um but yeah so I shot up he was not remotely like oh my god I'm so sorry are you okay what can I do what can I it was there was none of that. This was the last time we oh, ever fuck had that. No, no. Um, <laughs> um, so he was not the an ounce. There was not an ounce of like care. Oh my god, what can I do? Yeah, or just like yeah, care. Um, but so I get my shit together. I'm like, this session is over. Neither one of us had come, but it's like, no, we're done. We're done. Um, got dressed. Um, you know, peace out. Left. And I think the first thing I did after I walked out of his place was like, call my best friend who I think I was going to meet for dinner after. And it's like, (laughs) you will never believe what just happened to me. (laughs) And I think, and so I actually met him for dinner. Like we went and ate dinner after. And I think my whole body was just like vibrating. I don't know if that was the chemicals that I had just uh, ingested (laughs) ingested, or whether I was just like, so like kind of freaked out, you know? like fight or flight kind of response. But um, I don't think I could taste anything for like two days. Holy but shit. surprisingly, I didn't have any kind of respiratory problems or like, 
And also, interestingly, I found that years later, whenever I would do poppers, I would get crazy chemical burn. Oh, God. It a long time to figure out, like, what was causing that. Um, but interestingly, when this happened, like, there was nothing like that. Um, so I guess I was just really lucky. Um, but it was pretty horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're told not to get it on your skin, first of all. Yeah, let alone in, in your, your nose. body. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I consider myself lucky. Maybe I have a guardian, a gay guardian angel that was, you know, looking Perhaps. down. <laughs> See, one time I did like spill some like on my like, you know, it, you know, it, it spills because it's a wide open. I think they need to like update the design of the bottles yeah. because this is just this is not. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I want to say I've actually seen some contraption that you can like you basically replace the cap of the poppers with this thing and i think you can even wear it as like a necklace so that you've always got your poppers around your neck um if you're you know really into poppers i guess but it's something where i guess it prevents the chemical burn like obviously you don't ever want to touch the bottle to your skin right but i was getting i would get chemical burns even without touching like i wouldn't have to touch the bottle to my skin to like get these crazy like burns around my nostrils it was really gross um don't recommend it um but i think there are some cool contraptions for that now yeah i've seen kind of like almost like a baby bottle lid but it's like for your nose. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i think that's what i'm thinking of too <laughs> well holy shit um let this be a lesson just not fucking get chemicals in you <laughs> yeah, be careful well and i think the bigger lesson is like you gotta look out for number one like if you're hooking up with someone don't especially someone who i mean the, and this wasn't a stranger this is someone who was like at this point you know um kind right. of a regular buddy of mine like don't assume anyone is going to have your best interests um you know you can't just assume that like you gotta you gotta you know take your own safety and your own precautions i guess I, I completely agree for sure. All right, Stephen. Well, before I let you go, you want to play a quick round of red flags with me? Absolutely. Okay. So you know how to play? I don't know. Okay. So red flags is really simple. Basically, I'm going to give you a situation for a partner and you just tell me if it's a red flag for you or not and why. Okay. Uh, some of these are kind of funny, but uh, we'll just, we'll go, we'll go with. Sure, it. sure. Uh, number one, they don't floss their teeth. Like ever? <laughs> like ever. <laughs> Red flag. Hygiene. <laughs> yeah. Hygiene. Important. Yeah, absolutely. Red flag. I will say I didn't floss my teeth when I was younger. I refused. Well, yeah, sure, sure. But, but as, as I like adult, got into my 20s, I was like, no, I got to do this now, I think. Yeah, yeah. As an adult, you got to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they sleep on a blow up mattress. I would need more info. Not necessarily, not like, not necessarily a red flag. Like from jump, maybe they're they just moved to the to the city and they like need to buy a bed. You know, like I could deal with that. Or if it's just like, you know, maybe maybe it's like you know they're a fuck buddy candidate and I'm not looking to get married to them. You know, there, <laughs> I could I could picture some hot sex happening on a blow up mattress. <laughs> Unlike someone who doesn't floss and it's like, yeah, we're not going to fuck. We're not going to kiss. We're not going to get married. We're not going to date. We're going to do none of the above because you don't floss. You're so. not getting anywhere near me with your Dude, janky ass yeah. teeth. <laughs> six, feet, six feet social distancing. 
I do remember when I first moved to Seattle, um, I slept on a blow up mattress with my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was not the most ideal situation. Yeah. I once ho- I once hooked up with a guy who took me home and he had bunk beds and he was the top <laughs> bunk with a roommate who he also didn't tell me that was there. And so like we were sleeping. I spent the night at his place. I don't know why I didn't just get up and leave. Spent the night in a twin bed on a top bunk with like some stranger underneath us. Yeah. Anyway. How old were they? Uh, He was older than me. I was always into like older guys. He was at least mid thirties. Oh no. I I know LA is expensive, but you can't just sneak that on someone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no 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 yeah yeah okay um they have long acrylic nails long acrylic nails mm-hmm. it would depend on if it's like for like a performance or like are they a queen or if it's like no these are my nails i always have long acrylic nails i couldn't do that that's just yeah i mean i guess that so it's like another one of these. Maybe it's not a red flag, but maybe it is. I guess it depends <laughs> on why they have. I don't think it's necessarily a red flag for me. Um, it would depend on how long I think. So I I don't well, think, for sure. I don't yeah. think sexually I I I can get with it. But I mean, I've gotten a blowjob from someone that just had like you know little short ones before. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we're on the same page with that one. <laughs> Um, they think that they don't have any red flags. I mean, so they're completely delusional. <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with hooking up with a delusional person, but we're probably not going to date. And right. get married, you know? <laughs> but yeah, crazy sex can be good sex. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Um, and then the last one that I have here is they are into degrading their partner sexually. I mean, that's a full on fetish. It's not my fetish. So yeah, that would be a red flag. Although I feel bad calling it a red flag because there's not necessarily anything wrong with it. They not just have to find a partner that's into that, right? Every trash can has a lid. There's going to be someone who <laughs> wants to be degraded by them. That person just isn't me. So it's a red flag for me, but I don't think that's a discount on their character, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Every trash can has a lid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an old Southern saying for you. I love that. Steven, this has been so much fun. Um, where can our listeners find you? Um, so I'm on way too many social platforms. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Stephen Horbelt. My name's kind of spelled weird, but I guess it'll be in like the show notes or something, right? So feel free to look me up. Um, I post a lot of my art on there too. Um, but yeah, yeah. Find me on uh, Instagram and, and find me on Spaces. Come and, come and join us on Spaces. Come and join Hookup Horror Stories and hang out with us. Absolutely. Yeah, we want we want more people to share their, their horrifying stories. Which I should say is kind of the one, that's the one thing we kind of unofficially require of new members. If we let you into the group, you have to share a story. I think that's only fair. I think that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again for joining me on this episode. Um, We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll probably see you at the coffee shop eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's only a matter of time before we walk past each other in town. So (laughs) cool. We'll see you around. 
All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a comment and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help out the show. Check out the episode description for my guest social media links and for more information on me to read my blogs, The Deviant Diaries or A Deviant's Guide to Sex or information about tarot readings, please visit DimitriWild.com. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional.